0: No helicopters have been procured for me to go to the
1: golf course. Thank you. I'm saying he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a f. Uh, <laughs> How'd you play out there, Dad? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging.
0: Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about perspective, and yeah. I
1: have my own when you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What's happening, folks? Welcome back, Beltway Golfer. This is going to be episode 25. Alex Dixon here. Now, this is uh, part two of our conversation with Tom Clark, which took place down at Cut Along at Lake Anna. And the majority of the conversation is going to be about that course. We, we dive a little bit uh deeper and get into specifics on the course which is an interesting one um, and an ambitious one um, first off it's taken over 20 years from the beginning of the project and the concept to now having a finished project and opening due to a lot of different reasons which he gets into but you know ownership changes um you know just uh, a lot of different hurdles that are probably um, not uncommon when, when you are trying to open up a new development or a new golf course, um, but are, are generally hidden from the general public. Um, but it, it sounds like this one maybe had more than most, taking over 20 years. But it is finally getting ready to officially open. It's been open for play for, for a few months now, uh, but officially opening later this summer in 2021. It, it's an interesting concept. It's an ambitious course um, in that Tom and... Uh, kind of his partner on this project, he's listed as a consultant, um, but Ron Witten, who is the, I'm probably gonna get his title wrong here, he says it in the interview, he was essentially the lead of golf course architecture for Golf Digest Magazine for many, many years. Um, And the two of them kind of worked together to to draw inspiration uh, and pay homage to other um, great golf course architects, to other great holes, To other famous features from other holes, um, and brought elements from all of those different things into this course. Uh, The result is some some really interesting golf holes. Um, You know, the 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 style is different from hole to hole. Um, because one, you know, they've got a Pete Dye hole, and then another, the next hole, drawing on uh, a totally different concept, or paying homage to a totally different architect. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting to go around the course uh, and seeing kind of the, these 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 very different designs and holes um, throughout the 18. Uh, so so unusual in that aspect um, that I, I I'm not sure I've played a course quite like it before. Um, so he gets into a lot of the details of um, you know, where a lot of those concepts came from and what, um, what led them to, the, to this project. And the other thing I'll note is you know, we had played the course, we teed off, I think, at Cut Along probably before 10 a.m. And by the time we got to this part of the conversation, because we, we took our time playing the course, he was, I was taking pictures, he was pointing out uh, different details around the course. Um, we had almost run out of daylight and so we had been out there for probably six, seven hours already. So you may be able to tell I think both of us maybe were running a, a little our, our tanks were a little empty by this point so blame that on me. Uh, you, I know I certainly was. I don't know about Tom. Um, but you know I, I still found it a very interesting conversation and he uh, you know he gives a lot more detail on the project. Um, and then the last 15 or 20 minutes you know talks a little bit more about, um, you know his career as a golf course designer. So I, I enjoyed it and thought it was worthy of certainly a two-part podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed as well. Here it is, episode twenty-five: Tom Clark at Cut Along at Lake Anne. First of all, I have a for you. Did you have fun today? I had a I had a lot of fun, I, and i you know I was I was fo- I, I was focused a, a lot on talking to you and sn- taking pictures and taking it all in, and so I'm I'm excited to come back and really kind of. Try to, try to score on this course and, and, and play it again. Well, the objective, both Ron and I agreed on that long
0: ago was we wanted to create something that would be fun. And that's I think from the beginning when I said I wanted to create something and I asked this question 20 years ago. Um, why hasn't anybody done a National Golf Links again? In other words, there were these copycat courses, uh, renditions or whatever, where they actually tried to Copy, you know the Amen Corner, or mm-hmm. you know I think Golden Ocala or whatever, where they just sure. did the LPG, like a replica Amen. course. Yeah, they were exact replica courses. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be an eclectic match of different things to emulate, you know, potentially famous designs, but they're classed together like our Pebble Beach green with the Augusta National sure. bunker. And- but
1: but but originally, your original thought for 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 cut along. Was the National Golf Links? Meaning you were th- you were thinking about emulating those exact holes, or just the idea you of? No, the Link. idea. Yeah. It was always the idea, but it was Charles Blair Macdonald
0: cherry-picked, you know, his favorite holes, which have become classic design features. I mean, mm-hmm. the Biarritz, the Redan, the Alps. I mean, he, did, he kept doing it all over. I mean, you go down to Old White, and that's what he did down there. And, you know, you go to most of his courses and then Seth Raynor took up the mantle and continued to do all this, you know, over and over and over again. Well, I became so enthralled with this when Ketalong didn't start, you know, 20 some years ago that I started taking some of those features and putting them on all my courses all over the country. Um, up at Glade Springs, the last course I did has four or five features at uh, Williamsburg National where I don't, I don't where are the Glade Springs Glade Springs is up in Beckley West Virginia okay uh, Daniels is actually the town but it's a resort I did the original course Stonehaven then I did Woodhaven and that's where I put all these features in okay. um, I did
1: uh, I don't get outside the beltway much okay
0: Williamsburg <laughs> Nationals in Williamsburg <laughs> and I did a lot of the features on the course there's the Yorktown course. And then I went down to Texas, and I did a course uh, down near uh, Lig City. Mm-hmm. And it was 27 holes, and I actually did what this original concept was here at Cut Along, which was the English 9, the Irish 9, and the Scottish 9. And I did it at the Cahoon Plantation, which you said you had played. Yeah. And Also you know,
1: recently closed.
0: Yeah, and uh, good old Wallace. That was one of my best par threes, and that was the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the nines went, and another one, and now I think it's all closed.
1: But how, how does, as as a golf course architect designer, you over the years, like every every doesn't matter who, what golf course architect you have, projects of yours and courses that you've had have closed. It's got it's got a sting. Or your there, babies, right? in other words, what I told you
0: about. A lot of the par threes I did, and I mentioned Fair Oaks Golf Park, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that was an interim use. In other words, uh, it was always going to be developed, but Tim had the property for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years from his stepfather, and he finally said, okay, I want it, I'm going to develop it while I'm still living, and he did. So that went away. I did Hunter Mill Golf Park. That went away. Um, You know, Southview or Potomac Ridge, that went away. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just, you just told me cross Creeks going on. (laughs) Um,
1: And so often it's just because, you know, the, the sprawl goes further and further out and that land becomes becomes, so much more valuable as homes than than a golf course. Because
0: what it was in 1999, quite honestly, it was more profitable to build a golf course than it was development. Mm -hmm. In other words, the golf course, you keep making money every year. Now, this is when they were charging $100 a hundred dollars around and you know a country club for a day. The development you sell one time and it's gone, <laughs> so you've made your money, but you don't keep making it year after year so that's what they were looking for and that's what I said back in ninety nine I had four or five thirty six and twenty seven whole projects um It was just you know the
1: more golf, the better it was and so so to cut along, so you kinda of touched on it for a second, so this original project was started, or at least the idea or it started to get going. You were hired originally in nineteen ninety-nine, is that do I have that right? Nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, started here. So for those counting t- at home, that's twenty two years ago. Yep. Yeah.
0: And did literally a twenty seven hole layout, and it was basically as I said, the English, the Scottish, and the Irish nines. Then the second owner, um, basically and the first owner was a wonderful guy. He's been out here and played golf, Alan Mendelson, He, um, was the one that did the dredging up Contrary Creek and created that wonderful chunky monkey, which won't grow grass. And then we used around the fourth T area. And you know, he wanted golf cause he was a golfer. Um, he basically had well and septic and it was only 300 lots and it would have been sold out in no time. But he got talked in by an engineering firm who shall not be mentioned to do sewer and water. You can get 900 lots. He said, Oh, 900 is better than 300. Well, they didn't tell him it cost him 15 million or whatever to do sewer and water. So that was out of his, I guess, comfort zone. So he sold it to the next people who did a lot of planning. We reduced the course to 18 holes. Um, you know, we had a design charrette up in Baltimore that lasted three days. I never saw so many people for, you know, a golf community, but it was a really, they had marketing people, engineers, environmentalists, land planners, myself, and it was just, you know, we got it, got her done. We got the new master plan done, uh, and then unfortunately they never broke ground, so Uh, Mr. Snyder, the third owner, basically partners with them initially and then decides he doesn't like partners, so he buys them out. Well he not only had to pay them off, but there was still a note on the property from Mr. Mendelssohn; he had to pay him off. So a lot of his money went to paying off so many different people. So when it came to developing, you know, he was starting to run short of capital. And hence, that's when he went out to borrow some money and unfortunately couldn't pay it back. And foreclosure happened, bankruptcy. And I really, at that time, thought cut-along was never going to happen. I
1: thought, you know, we had developed three holes. But when that, when that happened, like what year is this? Is
0: this it? is 2014, 15, somewhere around there.
1: Oh, so this is still, this is good, 14, 15 years, 15 years after the original... Oh, yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) Nothing
0: happens. Quick, Eric. Cut along. (laughs) So then it sat there all these years, and then finally it was sorted out through the bankruptcy that the parent company of Stillwater, who took it over, was the lender. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I had to resell myself again. And the only reason I think it really got built, and I've said this to a lot of people, is the... People that are in Stillwater are young go-getters, and they're golfers. Mm-hmm. They love golf. Matter of fact, the owners are down in Kiowa right now playing in a tournament. that Our pro is down there with them who set it up. And they wanted, you know, to see this thing through, and they basically made it happen. Um, and as I said, the struggle has become reality. And, you know, as I said, it will just keep getting better. We're still not done, as you saw today. I said we're still finishing bits and pieces of construction, and we're finishing bits and pieces of growing. And uh, our grand opening will be, you know, July first. And uh, by then, everything should be in super condition.
1: Uh, tw- Twenty plus years—I I- I can't imagine you've had any other projects that have taken nearly that long from concept to opening. <laughs> No, but
0: uh, we talked about that other possibility, sure. and that's kind sure. of goes
1: back to that era also. It, it does happen.
0: Um, yeah, and it, it was funny because I was contacted, and a friend of mine, Greg Muirhead, who works for Reese Jones, uh, lead designer, and he said, you know, I had one of those projects. It was like 20 years, and it was like, they happened. And it's mm-hmm. what I always used to tell our associates. I said, once a golf course, always a golf course. So, you know, we've designed something and it'll come back someday, maybe, and we'll get a call. And that's why, you know, it's important uh, that Brian and I continue to at least let people know we're still alive. (laughs) Um, It's one of those things that, you know, they'll say, oh, here's an off-Clark plan. I wonder, you know, well, we'll get, you know, core Crenshaw to do this. But now maybe all-Clark could do it. And I think when they see that, you know, we can create something really special... Uh, still, because mm-hmm. architects really, very few of them ever retire. Uh, I know Trent Jones worked up till the very end. Uh, and, you know, I've never really known a golf architect to you know retire. I know one retired, but it was for health reasons, and sure. you know he passed away a few years later. But.
1: When when you've got a job like designing golf courses, I don't don't know why why you'd want to retire.
0: Well, and you know the situation here. I have a lake house five Mm -hmm. minutes from this golf course. So I've been dreaming about this thing, you know, for years. Uh, I mean, I started another golf course on this lake even before Cut Along. Is that right? It's now called The Waters, but it was laid out for a developer. Um, Not, Not open. It, they basically started clearing it, and he got into some, his clearing, he actually started to build some ponds, and then he basically went belly up or whatever, yeah. and then the contractor who had done the work got the golf course um, because they were first in line, and consequently uh, they tried to finally sell it, and they did. But, you know, I had people that came down here wanting to finish the golf course. But all the property that, you know, the golf course was on, because of the lakes and stuff that they had done, they turned into wetlands. Hmm. They were man-made, but right. still they were classified as wetlands. So we really couldn't do the golf course anymore. So, so Lake Anna's always wanted a golf course, and this is the first one. And this is, I said to you earlier, I said it's in between... Washington D.C., Richmond, Virginia, Charlottesville, and Fredericksburg, and you know it just draws people. And the more people last year came down looking for housing, I mean, the lake you can't find any properties, right? Because
1: uh, they bought up, you know, so much getting out from the urban areas. So let's talk about the course a little bit. So, so uh, one thing you touched on, you mentioned Ron Witten. Um, Ron Witten. Was the senior um, head of golf course architecture for Golf Digest? He was the uh, architectural rather? design editor for Golf Digest. Architectural design editor. And when when did you and he kind of get together? Because he's listed as a consultant. As coming out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ron and I have, were friends from long before that because Ron, as the senior architectural editor. Um, Wanted to see all new golf courses. Every year they have a competition, best new course, Golf Digest. Ron also runs all the rankings and ratings for Golf Digest. He's the one that puts all these people together and, you know, basically if you qualify with a five handicap or less, you apply. Ron then teaches you what you're supposed to evaluate, you know, on a golf course and how to rate it. Uh, and that's where the top 100, the, you know, best in state, all these things come from is Ron. Um, so Ron would always, you know, because I was, you know, kind of the guy that did all the new courses. So Ron wanted to play these courses, you know, with the architect. I mean, part of his, um, I guess, wish list was he's now played with over 100 and some golf architects. Um, and uh So we had played a lot of golf together. He had seen a lot of my work. He had commented a lot of my work. I will never forget this one quick story aside. Mm -hmm. Um, When he came out to Laughlin, Nevada, I did a course out there, and he called me up personally. This is when I first really got to know him, and he said, Tom, I think you're going to win Best New Course. Um, You know, he said, I have only one more course to see, and it's up in Las Vegas. It's got this guy by the name of Steve Wynn. It's called Shadow Creek. (laughs) <laughs> and if you know the history of Shadow Creek, sure. uh, as I said, the same GOP contractor, Wadsworth, did not. But my did yours course. cost $500 a round? <laughs> no. <laughs> mine, is even, mine is there, but it's not open anymore. Mm. Because our whole thing was we could withdraw water from the Colorado River for, I think, 10 years. And then the development, the four casinos, were going to have effluent water, and we could use that. Well, that went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. All these skeletons of these casinos are there, but mm-hmm. no, they never finished it. But anyway, so we had always known each other, and I said, when I did the 27-like hole layout, I had some of my interns look up, you know, great holes, you know, we, then it was books. We couldn't look this stuff up on the internet. There was no Google Earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we picked these holes and I have a thing back in my house here is the 27 hole layout and each one had a name and each one had a write up on it. And you know, we matched the hole to, you know, what it was like this par three, if it was here, you know, would have had a name and, uh, what it was supposed to look like. And then I said, you know, I'm going to call Ron, but it's the new layout now, 18 holes. We've talked about it before. because I said, I've seen thousands of golf courses because of my fact that I traveled a lot because I was in the American Society of Golf Architects for, you know, all these years. And, you know, Ron has seen even more. And I'm just saying, I'm going to get somebody I can pick his brain. Mm -hmm. Well, Ron's brain is rather unusual. It travels in different directions. And as I said, it immediately went into the Civil War. we were approaching the 150th anniversary of the civil war and it then went into other architects you know you know why does it just have to be irish or english or whatever why can't we pick an american like a pete Dye or a trent jones so we did Mm -hmm. and uh i picked the trent jones on number one and he picked the you know pete Dye on number five but all that balkating is at tom clark originals with gonzo so that was a lot of fun. We had fun with our paint guns and, uh, chainsaws and stuff, making all that stuff and putting
1: it together. So when did that, exit? I mean, so when we've talked about this, you know, over 21 years of, of stops and starts of cut along, the, 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 the concept for the course <laughs> has also evolved quite a bit, you know, starting from, you know, national golf links to three nines, uh, to, to what it is today. When, when did those conversations with Ron really happen? 2005. I okay. mean, the
0: started the whole 27 holes went away, and we had the 18. So, I had him come visit the site in 2005. We spent two days out in the field, just walking and walking, and within 10 days, Ron came back with a hundred and some page <laughs> uh, write up. Now he had a write up on each hole, but then he accompanied this because he has massive files. So, I remember we were going to do the, what I said, the railroad hole. We were going to Mm -hmm. use the road hole at St. Andrews. He had probably 30 pages of that stuff. So, I still have that original transcript. But what I did, I started cherry picking through all that and said, okay, this is what we're going to put on paper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I had my, you know, CAD guys work on this. Because at that time we were ready to build a golf course, but it didn't happen. And then, you know, as I said, then the second owner came. And then when we finally did start, uh, you know, I was under the same guidance with Mr. Snyder. said, we're going to, you know, actually start building the golf course. But, you know, we've got to be under $3 million. Well, that was, you know, that's not much in 2013. So that's when some of the bunkers disappeared. And then he got a... A management company involved and some of the other bunkers disappeared because they didn't even read, bother to read that these holes are emulating famous holes. Well, you just can't take bunkers out, you know, when mm-hmm. you're trying to create a green, like, you know, Pebble Beach or something. Mm-hmm. You know, people know that they see it on television. Well, they're going to say, this doesn't look anything like that. Right. So that's the evolution. And then it continued to evolve all the way through construction. Uh, you know, that's what I said. There were, Situations that, you know, things that you hit out in the field like rock or something, you change this, you know, there's certain budgetary constraints, you change that. And the beauty is at the end of the day, you still wind up with a great product. Absolutely. That's what I'm happiest at.
1: And at the beginning of this, you mentioned that, you know... uh, National Golf Links and even renditions as as almost like, uh, you know, replica courses. But, I mean, this, I wouldn't say this, this doesn't is not a replica course. Not at all. This isn't at all. Well, replica. then National there's not, there's golf not, Links not,
0: is not a replica course it, it's, either.
1: It's taking the ideas right. and inspiration from, from great golf holes.
0: That's what it is. We're emulating ideas and we're merging them together. That's just what I said about sure. hole number 10. It's a Redan Par Mm 4. Well, I've seen three of those now, like in magazines now. Redan Par 4. And it's like it wasn't even a concept. I have to give Ron credit for that. It's like, you know, we hit to a certain area of the fairway and let it roll onto the green, feed on. you got to hit a cut shot. And, you know, instead of the Redan green, we hit on a certain portion of the green, the ball rolls and trickles over here. Gophers love that. I mean, there's certain courses, and that's what I said. It's just like some of these greens that are out here. Like, you know, we emulated the 14th green at Augusta National, uh, but we flip-flopped it. And people just love to see a putt go this way and that way and then cozy up close to the hole. Now, our green speeds out here are gonna be reasonable, so we can hold these slopes. I mean, we're shooting for like nine, You know, on the step meter, not 12. Right. uh, Because these become, some of them would be unplayable. And those greens, you know, that a lot of people see from time to time on television, uh, you know, they were built in the
1: era when they were rolling at six. Yeah. You know, you used to see these people cock their putters, you know, just to make a putt. But the the, the list is really impressive. I mean, I was, you know, going through the descriptions on, on the website and then now coming out here. The, the, the inspirations and what you actually see in each hole, uh, you know, the first thing I would, that, that I would say is that the variety of, of holes, you know, is, is really, you know, almost, almost all over the place. I mean, the, the, but in, in, in the, in the best way imaginable. I mean, the, the very first hole, uh, you said, uh, inspired by, by Robert Trent Jones, uh, but I, I, I you know, you agree. and I played it and I, I, I practically duck hooked my drive left, was able to find it, uh, but then had this this interesting angle where I could see a three tiered green with bunkers in front, and with a front pin location, it, it was very you can see the sloping of the fairway, and so I just put one right you know 125 yard shot at you know 10 yards in front of the green on the fairway, and it trickled right down to five feet. Right. There, there's a lot of that out here, which I, I think the average golfer in the Washington D.C. area doesn't doesn't get a lot of that of no, land movement and being able to use the slopes. Absolutely love that. And,
0: and that's what I think I've learned over the period of time is basically the intrigue you can put into a golf course. Uh, you don't have to do it by just over bunkering. You can just do it with landforms and movement. And you know creating, you know, kick places. Sure. And you know that's what uh, is lacking in, you know, so many golf courses is the intrigue. I mean,
1: trust me, as I said I get bored after a while, sure. but I play this course all the time. But you've also t- you told me on the course that you know so th- this is a huge property, a thousand acres, um, but that you know we, th- there's a tremendous amount of contours and and land movement. But but aside from a couple holes, not a lot of land was moved. There was
0: probably thirty thousand yards of land. You know, an average golf course is three to four hundred thousand. Uh, all we did was create basins. I mean, our we had a terrific shaper, and he basically tied in all those elements. And what the basins are doing is handling the drainage. So we pick up drainage on the high side, just like all these paths are canned into the hillside. Mm-hmm. So we don't get water going across our fairways. Uh, it all channels to an underground pipe and goes into another basin. And I can tell you, since this course opened... And they opened back, I think, in, say, it was July when we opened the 11 holes to play. Um, they've never been on the cart paths only. In other words, this course drains so well. And it's a tribute, you know, I can say, I'm obviously, I'd like to take all the credit, but I can't. That's really the shaping and, you know, what went into the physical um, movement of the water and stuff. Because... Boom. It, you know, we've had like a couple days. I came down here, it had rained for the previous three days, and mm-hmm. we were on fairways. You know, there was no reason to be on cart paths. Everything was dry. And you know how bad golfers can be. They'll find the wettest place and drive right through it and get sure. their cart stuck. But they've never really had a problem with that out here. So I'm, that's one of the things I think I'm proudest of. Um, you know, how we handled the water and everything as far as the it's nuisance
1: water, storm water, rain water. So, but there are a lot of unique, you know, someone like myself who, who, who really, the, the majority of my golf is within striking distance of DC, hence the title of this, of the show. Um, there's a lot of features here that, you know, I, I see in magazines and on social media, but that you don't get a ton around this area. Um, and I'll go through a few of them here, but, but one of them I just learned today. Tailing piles. <laughs> Tailing yeah. piles. So I'll put a picture of it, of it but, but so another popular uh, th- uh, kind of golf course architecture feature are, are hummocks. But these, these kind of look like, but they're almost more pointed. These
0: basically, as I said, behind the third green uh, and all through this site. I mean, you can go down through every one of these little wetland areas right here. And you're going to see depressions where the miners dug out uh, looking for gold and then created these little piles. Now, of course, a lot of these trees, you know, now that we have wetlands, this has never been disturbed in the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was early 1900s that this, you know, mining operation was happening. Uh, Right at the back of our driving range is the ruins of the Alley Cooper mine, uh, which we're going to make a showpiece of. And, you know, I said there are mine shafts under all this property. They go 300 feet straight down, and then they have horizontal shafts. So that's a little surprise for the well, golfers that they yeah. don't fall through. Sure. And, you know, so it's got a, <laughs> a, an interesting history. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were marked. I told you about the situation on 14 where we yeah. sucked up four of them uh, because they couldn't develop on them, so I did an alternate fairway. And that's how things, you know, evolve on a golf course.
1: Sure. The, the fifth hole here is another interesting one. So it's this is your the, the, the Pete Dye hole. Well, and that basically,
0: the last time Ron was here, it just happened to be coinciding with the day Pete Dye passed away. And Ron was very, very friendly with Pete and Alice, as I was. Pete and Alice, uh, Pete was the president, I think, two years before I became president. So we were on the executive committee. Alice kind of runs the show. Um, and always did and you know they were dear friends and it was just like we were gonna have um, kind of a you know a Pete dye salute but we just basically changed the whole thing to basically be a Pete dye green you know we did the railroads we did the pot bunkers uh, you know we did the, you know um, crushed granite and everything for like a waste area like you
1: mm-hmm. did down at Sawgrass. It's and, a beautiful hole. It's got the split fairway, and it's kind of deceiving off the tee. You don't realize how much room you have on the right fairway. You can enter the green from either side. Rolling. You so know.
0: it's one of my favorite holes, and it's even more pretty because if you get up on the hill on the other side of the pond, you know, you look down on that, and you see Contrary Creek in the background. Now, keep in mind, cut along is at Lake Anna. That's what it says. And the whole reason the club area is where it is, at one period of time, you could actually see a portion of the lake from up there. They're going to have to probably build a second story on their clubhouse (laughs) to see it anymore. But that was, you know, as close as we really got. And if you go down to hole number four, the lake is very close there. But five, I originally had that green as close to Contrary Creek as the, the wetlands and everything would permit. Then we changed it. I have 15 uh, different plans back in my house of the fifth hole. And, you know, this is the final rendition. And that whole clearing that you saw behind, um, you know, the green there, where you can see Contrary Creek, at least people now can see it. Uh, Because it's such an unusual thing in the fact, because the mining and the sulfur and all the things and the acid that they brought up uh, there's no vegetation that grows along Contrary Creek. So it's like being out in some of these places in Colorado or Montana or whatever, uh, which is, you know, an unusual thing for Virginia. Sure. And, of course, the name Mineral Virginia, you know, didn't come from,
1: you know, it came from the mining industry. A couple other interesting holes. So you you mentioned, you know, some Civil War, Civil War sites and, and Ron and the Civil War buff. The eighth hole, the green complex on the eighth hole. That is called the stockade
0: redan, which is an actual fortification. It's not a redan like the redan hole in North Berwick, but the stockade but redan. Bo-
1: but both redans come from the, the the etymology
0: of the word. You know, of, of you know, a, well, a well it's a
1: fortification,
0: yes, because they were cannon placements on all three levels. And the way that Green sets up, you know, was find a hole for this Tom, because that's our one Civil War thing really. And what even became more intriguing, we let the, I think it was the phone company or whatever, stage a lot of their uh, bucket trucks and everything up at the entrance for almost a year. And they had a lot of leftover telephone poles. So they said, do you guys want these? We said, sure. So that's, I said, well, we're going to build a real stockade. So that bunker in the front, you know, was built with telephone poles. And uh, I think that's quite attractive and, you know, gives more credence to the, the stockade. But that's an unusual hole, to say the least. Obviously, you can approach it, you know, from one angle, which is what I usually choose to do. Mm-hmm. But the other angle is to go all the way down, you know, uh, with your second shot for, you know, the approach. If the pin's on the right side. Sure. So it's all to do with pin placement and, you know... The fact that I can't hit it all the way down to the other side now is you know, probably uh, no, why it's a, it's I
1: choose to go up to the other side. It's a great side. hole, and the green itself is—I is, is I was just off the back, and, you know, there's, there's really three major tiers, but because it's a V, it really feels like five separate areas uh, that you could have five really distinct— T loca- or, uh, pin locations. You definitely do. Um, but re- really cool. Okay. A couple more. So, so you, you are, we already kind of touched on the, the par four redan on the 10th, uh, which great hole. Um, I, I will point out my only birdie of the day. Uh, so I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed that hole. Uh, and you also touched on the 12th, the, 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 your, your beer ritz.
0: It basically was something we just happened to find in the ground. It was an old excavation, whether it was from the mining days, I really can't say, but it was on an angle and Ron and I both decided all Biarritzes are kind of straight on and down and then up. You know, Yale and all High Estate, all these different places, Elkridge Club. Uh, so we decided to put ours on an angle. And uh, it's rather unique to, you know, to try to hold the green. It's a beautiful
1: green, but it also depends on which tee box you're playing. You know, the, yeah. the further back you get, well, you know, you're course, almost playing, playing it sideways. I was going to say that other tee box that you saw at 235
0: or whatever the reason that was built was also to give the fact that there's lots right there that this hole was really a golf hole, because if not, they would have never yeah. seen you know the tee complex because they're behind trees. So there's reasons in home site developments that we do things to help the developer.
1: Um, with a lot, I mean, almost you, you, I encourage anybody to go look at uh, you know the cut along. Website because there's descriptions in every hole and, and some of them really go into detail and what what the inspiration uh, and and a lot of these holes have multiple inspirations you know replicating a bunker from Augusta on on this hole um, you know that may have been a, a you know that you said it was the, the the first or the tenth that
0: the tenth uh, hole of Augusta the bunker that nobody gets in which but was but, actually it, but it's a... now
1: replicated at a par three here right so but so my my point being a lot of the holes here. It may have two or three different inspirations in, in, in a single hole. Well, we borrowed, you sure. know, and it, it's just like the first hole, as you said, I, you know, as
0: a golfer, where is the, you know, where do people collapse? They get nervous, whatever. The first hole, we have a fairway 100 yards wide. Sure. And even though you duck hooked it, you still found it, the fairway. And and, and, well, and I got it
1: close enough to, right. to miss an easy birdie putt. Uh, and uh, let's talk one minute about the the fifteenth. So there's not too many punch bowl greens uh, within striking distance of the DC area. A beautiful green. We're we're three two thirds or three quarters around. With um, funnels down to a beautiful green there.
0: And that's one of my favorite holes out here because we have multiple choices. You can hit it down the right side, which is a little more challenging, but then you have to go over the bunker in your approach shot, or you can. Hit it down the left, but if you hit it too far, you're in a, a wetland uh, channel, yeah. and you know you have to basically plan accordingly. Club back and then hit a little longer club in, but then the whole punch bowl opens up to you. Sure. But of course, we left a few key trees there. Also, yeah. you have to wind your way through. Sure. So as I said, it's been a lot of fun, and as I said, we're still not done all of our what we call select clearing. Um, that, you know, we're still working on some of that. We're still doing a little, uh, we've had a couple wet weather springs pop up. So we're doing a little drainage work. But uh, I say all in all, it's 100% ready for play and is being played. And the phenomenal amount of people have joined here, uh, especially through this winter. I mean, they've added over 30 members, I think, mm-hmm. in the winter, and that hardly ever
1: happens. So, so that brings. So, so it is. It, it's it's a private course. Uh, at one point, maybe the previous owner you had mentioned that at one point it was going to be public, definitely
0: going to be public, yes. And
1: then, so it's. So, but it, 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 and then it, it morphed into a
0: golf course home site development where we, you would have a private membership. You'd have it open to the public also. Mm-hmm. So it's had several different things, and you know what we're kind of shooting for is like a destination resort sure. where people can come down here and play, um, and you know because we want more people to enjoy this. Sure, uh, we want
1: our members to really you know enjoy it and bring guests. And we and we did so. So I mentioned um, we we were joined at least for a handful of holes by uh, uh, Chris and sales and marketing here at Cut Along and. Um, they are offering guest or uh, a preview play. I think once a year, um, you know, you you can come down and play unaccompanied to check out the site and, and 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 play the course. And he also mentioned that one of the goals you kind of just touched on was to build kind of some stay and play. Yeah. Um, that's options. that's going to be
0: one of their huge draws down here. I mean. The owners, that's the first thing they're going to build is you stay and play units where they're expecting that uh, basically people will buy those and put them in a rental pool or they'll come down for the summer yeah. and then put them in a rental pool the rest of the year. Uh, but it's just, you know, where you have a group, a foursome, you have an eightsome, you know, a 12some, you know, and mm-hmm. get the boys together from congressional or Chevy and come on down here sure. and play and then. We're going to hopefully tie in with some of the neighbor courses like the Federal Club and Spring Creek and uh, Keswick and, you know, offer some packages. Nice. Um, that's sales and marketing, sure. not just architecture. Sure. That's
1: right. um, Well, I, I really enjoyed playing it. Um, I think this is a, a tremendous addition. You know, it's without traffic. It's about 90 minutes from, from D.C. Um there's never traffic. There's never. There's never traffic on 95 South. Park. Yeah,
0: I uh, struggled for years <laughs> going from McLean. Uh, you know, sometimes I would go out 66 and do the back roads. Unfortunately, now I only live an hour um, away, mm-hmm. and it's all back roads, so I never have to f- hit 95. You mentioned when Brian um, w- wanted to come down. He, you know, he looked at his route and he said, "I've got to go on 95." Can't we do this on a weekend? I said, "Brian, <laughs> the weekends are even worse on 95." <laughs> It's like, you know, you try to go down 95 on a Saturday, Brian, and then try to go back on a Sunday, yeah. you'll never make it. Um, so I struggled for years, you know, getting back and forth to the lake, and I'm so happy when I moved out to the country, I, my blood pressure went down, you know, bank, you know the, sure. no traffic, nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, I did a lot of military courses and... Um, I did 23 holes at Fort Belvoir. In other words, I added 18. But to get all the starting and finishing points, we had to build uh, five additional
1: holes. So, and then... Um, and when you did that, because I've played at Fort Belvoir a couple of times, so, so to, you had to re- re-maneuver the original 18. In other words, take take a couple of holes to, make, to, to reconfigure the full 36. Did I get that right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that was part of their... How pro- did... And I know Brian Brian Ald has also done a, a handful of, of military courses. How how did that kind of come about? Well, the, the, the association between military courses and your firm.
0: Well, Mr. Ault started. I mean, he did Langley, and you know, added, and then we got involved with. Um, there's like a procurement officer for like these military jobs and. Um he became kind of a friend and he would alert us to you know some of these things coming up. I mean we did some work up in Alaska. Um and then Forts you know you, military course, I did Fort Eustis and then uh we did some work in Georgia and we did some military work in Korea. Uh, you know and it's just kind of one thing led to another and Brian did Andrews Air Force base like Is that part course. of the
1: product of that that you figured out? You know the you know how to they
0: ask to. for a lot, meaning gotcha. what they want is almost working drawings when you submit your proposal, so we were willing to do that. you know we'd route the course or whatever and then show them how to build it and what it would cost and are you
1: considered like a, a government contractor at that point? Well like, you we basically knew
0: how that? to fill out the forms let's just say yeah. that uh, we had to learn you know because they have a certain way that literally everything has to be filled out and incrementally uh you know for their cost estimating and everything and we were pretty damn good at that uh so you know some of our guys focused a lot on military work and i certainly enjoyed it i just it just amazes me sometimes it was like with fort belvoir the last project that they wanted to do i did all this preliminary work for them and they had a contractor who was already under contract and You know they didn't even pass on my name they just gave it to another architect somewhere so the last work there is not mine and they did rearrange it again is that right yeah so and that's you know one of your questions you know what happens when other architects you know come and look at your work or redo your work well it's the nature of the business yeah
1: i'm sure you've been on both sides of the coin absolutely yeah
0: and you know as i said as a member of the american Society of golf architects and you know, if I'm called in to look at something, I call the original architect and say, Bob, they're, you know, they said, no, Go ahead, you know, see what you can do. And the same happens to Is us. That,
1: Is that commonplace in the industry? Like, do, do they ask? It
0: is because clubs always want to change something. They said, Oh, you know, so and so. Right, like, but the communication between <laughs> old architect and new. Uh, if they're members of the American Society of Golf Architects, it's definitely um, t- typical, but. You know, not all these people are members, and sometimes the original architect is long since deceased. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I said I did a lot of work on Donald Ross courses, and couldn't call Donald, even though he's one of our members, but... He in, died in general, it is, is it a, is it I a I very born.
1: fraternal industry. I mean, because a lot of golf course architects have very different styles. Yeah. And, you know, some they are trying to, you know, when you were talking about congressional and going back to, to restoring the... the, the you know what it looked like a hundred years ago versus you know the, the 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 Reese Jones and his father who who, who read it in the middle. Modernize, that they didn't it. modernize it. They might have totally different styles, but you know, is there you know is, well, is there friendliness? Said, we, is there animosity there is, between? It's
0: them? a huge friendliness in the fact that I'm a past president of the American Society of Golf Architects. I have I count some of my best friends uh, as members. Uh, we talk to each other all the time. We uh, compete against each other, uh, you know. And as I said, there are you know nothing but you know I think ninety-five percent stellar individuals in that you know group. And you know in anything, you know there, any society, any grouping, you know there's occasionally uh, some bad eggs or whatever. But you know they get sorted out, and you know it's just the nature of human nature. Because you're in an artistic profession, you don't always have to like what you know your friend does per se. You know, I would have put this bunker over here, or
1: I may be able to put that green contour. What about going all the way back to, to, to Mr. All? You know, Mr. All. You know, you, you mentioned had, you know, had had a, had a very nominal fee. Uh, and it did, did would that. You know, if I if I'm well, another whatever. if I'm another architect that charges ten times that or twenty times that, am I getting angry that like oh Ed you know you're you're Ed all was actually I can't compete
0: with that. Invited to become a member of the American Society of Golf Architects, one of the reasons was they wanted to set a standard, say please charge ten percent. Well, you know he said well I am. They didn't realize he was building courses for three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> he should have been charging three thousand, not six thousand. It's like, uh, because, you know, they were building them for, you know, $2 million or something. Right. So they were getting 200000 right. But that was one of the things. And as I said, Ed Alt was, you know, by admission, he was an engineer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a landscape architect, and, you know, I, I think of beauty and style, and I mean, bunkering especially. You know, Ed was, you know, more of a practitioner. In other words, if he thought a bunker needed to be 210 yards, I mean, when I started, our landing areas were 250 from the back tees. That's all pros were hitting it. Right. Well, now you look at Bryson, he's hitting it almost 350. Sure. Right. So, I mean, things have changed tremendously. Um, but the thing was, he would just put a bunker, even if it was in a swale. And I'm like, you know, we put them, I mean, I try to put them where they fit in. And you can just grade them naturally. And he would import dirt, you know, and fill this thing up. And mm-hmm. it looks like, a, you know, a little something. So the aesthetics weren't there, but the practicality was. I mean, he built sound golf courses, playable golf courses, well-drained golf courses. And that's the first thing I learned was uh, drainage is paramount. Uh, that's the first thing he said, drainage, drainage, drainage. And it's like, um, go ahead.
1: Do you? I was going to ask, do you think much or think a lot about your legacy as a golf course architect, having designed over 100 courses?
0: I do not. I mean, I know that the beauty is that, you know, for instance, I keep trying to tell my owners or whatever, you may not be here. The contractor, you know, may be off the face of the earth. The pro definitely will be gone somewhere else. The superintendent somewhere else but the architect who did the course is still always the architect. So that's the beauty of our profession. I mean it's like, you know, building architects. Well, you know, the Empire State Building is still there. And you know, whoever did that, you know, can say, well, he's long gone. Sure. The Eiffel Tower is still there. And you know, you create something, you know, special that you know is there for posterity. Now, that's why I said it hurts when they take one of your babies away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was probably the king of par three courses for a while, but most of my par threes are gone. I had a couple in Myrtle Beach, Cane Patch, and Midway. I had, you know, the Braylinks par three at, you know, Kingsmill. I had the one at Cahoon Plantation. I had the one at Fair Oaks Golf Park. Uh, I mean, I could rattle off half a dozen more that are all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a shame because par threes is, you know, where I learned to play golf, Right, uh, a little place in Delaware and a lot of kids learn to play, you know, that's their sure. first, you know, introduction to golf.
1: The one out near uh, Rehoboth Beach?
0: No, it was, uh, up near Wilmington. Um, I'm trying to think of its name, but, you know, so the
1: irony is par threes seem to be making a comeback.
0: Well, it's funny because I see a lot of things in magazines now and it's, I wish I had my par 3 still alive and well. Mm -hmm. And they were very, I mean, a lot of them, for instance, the ones in Myrtle Beach were done for Myrtle Beach Farms Company and that became Burroughs and Collins, but they were in interim use. They weren't supposed to, you know, be there after 10 years, they were going to develop it. Well, they were there 30 years or something or Mm -hmm. 40 because they were making more money than their 18 hole courses were. Go figure. Yeah. Well they lit them and they added nine more holes in a driving range. And you know we did that and consequently they were making more money than you know the rest of the thing.
1: Um, yeah. O- Oakmar is one of yours. It's a part it three is. that's still still kicking. I played that within the last month or so. Well
0: and Penderbrook was another. That was one of my first courses um that you met Mike earlier and you know he's doing the management up there that was an interesting story cuz the owner Wayne Lynch uh were was it White Flint or White Oak Mall or whatever White Flint right? Mall right? yeah that was i think Pinecrest number 1 the golf course he owned that and he sold it so he got the money to buy the property across the street and built Penderbrook well when Penderbrook was built I'll never forget Wayne says oh, I'll just get the superintendent to do all the select clearing over the winter and stuff. Well, you know, one winter, or the next winter, I mean, it went on and on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you didn't hit the rough and you got yeah. into the woods, you'd never find your ball. Yeah. But then Wayne, you know, all of a sudden called up another day, and that's where Southview was built over there, you know, across, yeah. over in Maryland. A water, yeah. So I'm not sure Wayne's still with us, but you know at those two golf courses, and that's what happens. When I did River Creek, then I did Cross Creek and Oak Creek. Um, you know, one developer likes what you do, and you know says, "Oh, we'll just hire Tom to do the next one." So that's you know it's. What's the story with that
1: barn over at Oak Creek. Uh, Was it a number- tobacco barn? Is that what it is? It's
0: an old tobacco barn. Yeah. You drive through with a car path. Yeah,
1: yeah, great barn.
0: And now, well, you know, who took that over? Um, basically, Club Corp has it now, but it was Tolgaaf.
1: It was a private course when it opened, right? Yeah, that was
0: a mistake. <laughs> there was, a, I guess, a, a management company from up in Pennsylvania, and it was funny because I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I didn't even recognize any of the courses that yeah, he, he managed. He never came down to visit. Yeah. So it didn't really make it as a... Private course. And it was funny because I kept saying that Lake Presidential, which was built the same time approximately, I said they should have switched it. That should have been private. And, you know, Oak Creek right. should have been public. And it is now. Yeah. Uh, I do not know what kind of condition it's in. That's the biggest thing from a golf course architect's perspective. We are at the hands of the superintendent, who mm-hmm. is at the hands, really, of the management.
1: Are you always notified, like, if they make changes? Like, let's say... Not like Oak Creek, like, are you 100% certain, for example, Oak Creek looks the way that you built it?
0: I know it isn't, because mm-hmm. they went in there, and then he invited me over after the fact and said, how do you like what we've done? I'm like, well, I can't endorse this. I love we give, give me an the,
1: example of what they changed.
0: The bunkering. Uh-huh. Uh, we had, you know, very... Uh, unique bunkering over there i mean nieber golf built it (coughs) joe nieber was the owner he actually took a couple months off his job as a golf construction guy and got on the dozer and did a lot of work there and you know the end product was really fun um i loved playing it and it was aesthetically pleasing to the eye and you know it's still a good golf course the you know the Bones are still there, mm-hmm. but it's just basically some of the bunkering, uh, you know, went away and um, you know, with that, some of what I call my pizzazz went away, but sure. you know, it's still a good golf course. The greens are exactly the same.
1: Well, listen, um, we're starting to run out of sunlight here. We've been chatting for a while. The temperature's dropping. I feel like You've done enough work in the area that I could talk to you for another hour or two. Uh, But this has been terrific. I appreciate you taking some time to kind of talk about your career as a golf course architect, bringing me out to to cut along, showing me the course, and um, I had a great time. Well, we want you to come back. I don't
0: have a good golf game, but I don't really care. I'm I'm a regular dude living in D.C., and I want to know about D.C.-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I don't want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about D.C. golf.